Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt, and I'm the host of this Disney theme parks news podcast. In this episode 90, where we once again bring you another interview with a cast member. Now, on today's show, we are here with Madison, who's going to be talking about her time working as a cast member down at the Walt Disney World Resort. So she was a vacation planner over in Epcot. So we have a lot of fun chatting with her today, learning about uh, some of the things that guests do. It's kind of crazy listening to what some people actually uh, do when they go to Disney World. But uh, the show is a lot of fun. So I'm really glad Madison was on the episode today. So you know what? I'm just going to let her talk all about it. So why don't we just jump right into it and begin another episode of the excess press podcast On today's show, we have Madison from my home state, New Jersey. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. This is kind of like a, a, a cool show because you're actually on, on break right now. Currently, you're living in Scotland, correct? Yes, I am. Nice. What, what brought you all the way out there? So I am working on a PhD at the moment in ancient history um, at the University of Edinburgh. So. That's why I'm out there. I actually studied abroad in Edinburgh during undergrad, so loved it while I was there and decided I wanted to go back. And here we are. That's awesome. No, we, we, yeah, we had this scheduled like a few months ago and we kind of lined it up so it's just easier for when you're back home so we can record. So uh, I'm glad you can finally make it on the show today. Yeah, yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice to be home too. It makes things a little bit easier. <laughs> For sure, yeah. My my wife has been dying to get me to go to Edinburgh because that's actually her favorite city. She studied abroad in London, and we actually went. She took me to London this past uh, year, so Edinburgh is uh, is definitely up there. Uh, yeah, you've got to go. I know. I <laughs> it's hear. Great. I hear it's just simply amazing. Um, and then you also you just came from a road trip. What? How long ago did you get home? 
So I got home about an hour ago. Um, I was in Canada this past weekend. I have a goal to go to 30 countries before I turn 30. Um, and I ironically had never been to Canada, even though it's just six hours from here. So we drove up for the weekend, sort of just to add it to my list. Oh, perfect. Yeah, sounds good. Where in Canada did you go? We just went to Montreal. Um, it was the closest just across the border but it was really nice we had a great weekend there oh really oh that's that's really cool i you know i feel like it took me a lot longer to get home from montreal i feel like it took me like eight eight hours um, oh yeah it, it ended up taking us a good while we hit some traffic in the rain but it was oh, supposed yeah. to be six yeah okay yeah 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 the rain was here was terrible we almost didn't record tonight because i had a leak in my basement and i thought it was going to take a lot longer to show up but i i actually canceled and then luckily i cleaned it up as quick as i could and now we're here so but lucky to be here yeah all right cool well enough with enough with that let's kind of get into the disney talk because that's what we're here for we're here about yeah we're here exactly the good stuff we're here to talk about you and your time working at the disney park so i actually didn't i don't think i really prepped you at all or asked you what your job role was or anything like that. So were you like a full-time cast member at the Disney parks or were you in the Disney college program? Yeah. So I did the Disney college program. Um, I was fall advantage of 2016. So I was there for almost seven months as a vacation planner. Awesome. Sounds good. And I totally want to get into that. But before we do, I want to know how you kind of fell in love with the Disney parks because you're, you, if you're working at the Magic Kingdom or at the, the Walt Disney World Resort or Disneyland, wherever, you got to love the Disney parks. So what kind of started your love for the parks? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it and I don't think there was really one moment where it kind of hit me and I thought, wow, I love this place because I grew up going every year. So for me, it was pretty regular. Um, and by the time, you know, I kind of became aware of myself and my feelings, I already had a deep love for Walt Disney World. So I've never been to Disneyland but growing up we went to Disney World at least once a year but realistically probably like every eight months or so and it you know it's just hard not to love it when you grow up with that no that's for sure especially if you go every year were you the the family that would like stay on property or did you guys go off property we didn't stay on property until I was 12 or 13 um my grandfather owns a Marriott timeshare that's outside so we would do that a lot we would do some of the like downtown Disney hotels back when it was downtown Disney, just really wherever we could get a deal. But yeah, we we didn't stay on property until I was way older, and then of course we fell in love with it after that. Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, if you if someone has the the timeshare, yeah, definitely use it. Uh, my father in law is yeah. a a DVC member, so luckily we're able to use his points for that. Uh, so yeah, definitely worth it. Makes uh, visiting the parks a lot cheaper, especially nowadays. Yes. Uh, but cool. So, so, like, how did you first hear about the the Disney College program? It's kind of funny. I didn't really know it existed. I mean, I had heard about it briefly, but I didn't know about it until um, the semester before I actually did it. And I knew a girl from high school that was there, and she was working as um, an attractions hostess at the Haunted Mansion. So she really had like the cream of the crop job and she would post pictures in her Haunted Mansion dress like by herself in the stretching room. And I just thought like how she's doing the coolest thing. How do I get to do this? So I didn't know about it until she started doing it. And then within like three or four months, I was working there. Um, oh, sorry. I put myself on mute for a second there. Um, so, so neat. So 
like what what year was this exactly that you you started doing this? So I applied for the college program in February of 2016 and started working there in June. So I probably would have heard about the program in January of that same year. Okay. All right. Nice. So, so it's all really fast. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> so, so did you, were you, where did you go to school? Cause we, did you go to local New Jersey or did you like venture far from home? Like what, what, what did you do for school? So I went to the university of Miami. I was actually closer to Orlando. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I was going to ask like, how was the transition down to Florida, but you were already there. So yeah. <laughs> so that worked out. Made things easier. No, for sure. Um, so like, how did you, like, how did you find your, well, I mean, how did you find or your transition went for, uh, going from Miami to Orlando? Was it any different? Like, did you find your roommates easily? Like how did, how did that work? Yeah, I found my roommates on the um, Facebook page. A lot of people tend to join it, and then you can find people on there. Um, and none of them were from Florida. So I was sort of like the resident Floridian, even though I'm a Jersey girl. But, you know, I was already shopping at Publix and doing all the things that Florida people do. So um, it, it was an interesting transition to sort of live with girls from, they were all from the Midwest, and see their first experience with Florida, because it is a big change when you move down there. No, no, definitely. So a lot of the roommates, it was their first time to Florida. They, they were yeah. transitioning. Okay. Did you find that it wasn't easy for them or, or was it okay? I think it was very different from them. I think a lot of them had sort of homesickness sickness issues in terms of like missing the seasons and missing their local supermarkets and sports teams and all the different things that they, they sort of did at home because Florida is such a different place. Um, and Orlando's so different because you have so many tourists and it's so commercial and it's really hard to sort of feel like you're in any type of homey kind of place. No, definitely. I, I mean, I personally don't know life outside of Disney World in Orlando. I don't, I don't really know what it's like. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. Did you venture out into Orlando a lot at all or not really? Um, yeah, not as much as I probably would have liked to. I have friends that live down there now and they live fairly normal lives. But when I was um, doing the college program, like one thing I was incredibly frustrated by throughout my experience was that you could really only access commercial like retail and dining establishments. There was nothing that was locally owned in the like Lake Buena Vista area. So, you know, you could get your McDonald's and Denny's and tea. GI Fridays and Starbucks, but you couldn't find like a locally owned coffee shop. And that drove me nuts the whole time. Oh yeah. It's, you do. I do like those local, uh, brew roasters or whatever you want to call them. Coffee. Roasters, yeah. But, oh, that's a shame. Now I guess, yeah, that makes sense. But all right. Well, I mean, at least your transition to the Disney college program was good. So, but I'm curious, like what, like what role did you get for it? So I was a vacation planner, which is a, glorified way of saying ticket sales um so when you go to any of the four parks the people in the booths that are sitting right before you enter they are vacation planners they sell tickets most people don't even notice them because they buy their tickets online now but we are still there and working hard <laughs> so well how was that for you then because I, yeah, I can't imagine, like, I don't think I know anyone that goes up to a theme park anymore and just <laughs> buys their ticket. At least I don't, I don't hear that. So was it, I mean, was it busier than I would think it is or was it kind of slower at times? Yeah, um, I think it, it, it is pretty busy. I worked at Epcot, that was my home park, and I worked during the Food and Wine Festival. So, 
you get a lot of Florida residents. They have to come to your window to get their tickets um, activated. And you get a lot of annual pass holders and stuff like that that come to us. And they have to come to the window when they first buy their pass to get it activated as well. So you you see a lot more people that you wouldn't necessarily expect. It's not just people that are paying $100 for a one-day ticket. It's people that have ticket issues. It's people that maybe are coming from somewhere else or, or have confusion about discounts or ticket packages or stuff like that. So when I was working there during the food and wine festival, we'd have hour queues just to have people buy tickets to get into the park because so many Florida residents would come. They'd want to know if there was a one day sort of ticket discount for them, which there wasn't, but they'd wait in the queues for an hour before finding that out when they got up to us. So it's pretty crazy. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's probably like the worst park you want to work at in terms of <laughs> being busy during that time. Yeah. Cause, uh, I mean, everyone says to avoid food and wine on like weeknights as well as yeah. weekends because that's when all the locals just come in and, and want to want to eat everything over there. Yeah, it's a madhouse. Yeah. So what was like the what was the training like for, for that kind of role? So it's actually a lot more intense than most of the sort of like park operations roles. You get 10 days instead of five. Um, so all my roommates worked in some variety of quick service food and beverage and they all had five days of training on the job but I actually had five days of training at Disney University so we sat down with our trainers and we had the sort of computer systems that the vacation planners had they would show us all the ticket packages how to handle money um, as a vacation planner you're handling like sometimes thousand dollar transactions whereas people that are scooping ice cream are only dealing with small amounts of money so there was a lot more pressure for us to sort of get it right um, and they teach you a lot about sort of how to find the best vacation packages for guests because you don't realize how many people don't actually know what they need um, so it's a lot of that sort of training and then you have another five days of training on the job with a trainer sitting and watching you actually do transactions as guests come up to you I feel like the part where you kind of figure out what families need, I feel like that might be a little fun. Did you find any fun in that? Or is that just actually one of the more frustrating parts of the job? <laughs> no, I, I really loved it. Um, because I knew so much about Disney before I even started the program, I think it was a really great role for me because I sort of knew already how to offer people things that would suit them the most. But you know, as someone that goes to Disney regularly, I'm sure like yourself, you wouldn't think about how many people actually show up and have no idea what they need. Um, and you find that a lot of people don't even know that the ticket packages get cheaper each day. So sometimes you find people that have been to four parks already and each day they've gone up and bought an individual ticket. Ooh. And so they've spent hundreds <laughs> of dollars oh. more than they need to spend. So oh, no. it's sort of our job. Yeah, it's our job to try and to try and figure out that intention from the very beginning and say, hey, actually, um, this package might suit you better. So in no way were we trained to upsell, but we were actually trained to look out for ways that we could save people money by putting them into a package that would, would benefit them more. Well, I mean, that's great to hear that uh, part that you're, you're trying to save people money and not just trying to upsell them on stuff. But Man, I can't. Was that it? Was that like a pretty? Uh, did that happen often? Where people would just do that, where they would buy one park per day, and then like, was that a? T please tell me that was not a, uh, a usual thing. I mean, stuff like that happened a lot more often than you know than I would have liked. A lot of times, you were just kind of like clenching your teeth together, like, oh, please don't tell me this is true. Like, like we had one day where. Um, I was greeting in the queue, so I wasn't in a booth. I was standing outside and just managing the lines. 
And a girl came up to me. She was obviously flustered about being in line for a long time. And she said, can I go ahead and buy my tickets online and then go into the park? And I said, you'll still need to wait to pick up your, you know, your card or your magic band if you want to buy a magic band, but you're welcome to buy it online. It might speed up the process. So she comes back to me with her ticket to Universal Studios and shows me, oh, I just bought my ticket. And I thought, oh, goodness, they are non-refundable either. You committed. And so I told her, I said, you bought a ticket to Universal Studios. And she said, okay, so I just take the bus there, right? And I thought, oh, goodness, no, you have to take a taxi like 20 miles down I-4. But she had no problem with it. But yeah, stuff like that happened to us all the time where people were just kind of wildly unaware and you just wanted to you wanted to help them but there's only so much you can do only if you could see the look on my face right now my jaw <laughs> my jaw is literally open because i can't believe yeah. that oh my that's uh, wow okay i don't know how i'd be able to handle those situations but i'm glad you were there <laughs> to to make sure that they were okay um but i guess yeah, they best were, we could yeah i mean i have heard that in the past where people think that universal and disney are the same thing so i guess that kind of makes sense not thinking about it but man that was uh that's pretty rough but <laughs> so yeah you get you, when you know people that do that do disney you forget that these things happen and that job was really eye opening for me how many people actually don't know what disney consists of or even disney world versus disneyland that one is a big one as well Oh, why do people like buy tickets for Disneyland and yeah. not realize that it's different? That happened as well? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. So what would, I mean, is there anything that you could do in that case? Like, because luckily it's Disney affiliate. It's the same. It's Disney. Like, are you able to do anything for them at that point? Usually we would send them to guest relations. Um, and it's completely up to Disneyland at that point if they want to go ahead and refund the ticket, knowing that the person is actually going to go ahead and purchase a ticket for Walt Disney World, but it's not guaranteed by any means. Um, And usually at guest relations, the guest is told that Disneyland will make their decision in a couple of days, but obviously you're not going to get your money back within the next 10 seconds to turn around and buy a ticket. So you'd have to sort of put out your money up front now to buy a ticket to Epcot or Magic Kingdom or wherever you're going, and then basically just hope that Disneyland will go ahead and refund it. But there's no guarantee whatsoever. And it depends depends on sort of how many tickets you bought if you bought a package stuff like that oh man that's rough that is yeah that is tough i don't think i could do that yeah i mean i worked in retail and as like a bank teller for a really long time and i i i am amazed by the things that i guess people do and that's (laughs) yeah that's something but i mean it's, it's i guess it's easy for us to say like we know disney inside and out like we're part of the disney community Everyone I know, they know how Disney works. But yeah, I guess there's just some people who go down there not knowing what to expect from Disney at all. They just go in blind and that's what yep. happens, I guess. Moral so. of the story is to do your research before a trip. Yeah, yeah. And Disney is like one thing where like you really need to research plan now. Um, I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, I think you could still go to Disney and not plan. I mean, we did a last minute vacation last year and... We had some like our park days picked out as well as like one dining reservation and we were mm-hmm. pretty spontaneous the entire time. And it was like, it was a lot of fun because we we're like, oh, well, let's do this for dinner. So, yeah. Um, and sometimes I think that is the most fun. But as Disney people, there's not really pressure to do everything every time. Whereas sometimes if it's your first trip. You feel like you have to do every single ride and every single experience. And if that's the case, I'd imagine there's probably a lot of pressure no, Liam, that's that's for sure. I mean, I don't need to go on in every single thing when I go down there. I know it'll be there the next time I go, so I'll, exactly. I'll do it then. 
Um, but neat. All right, so let's let's talk a bit more about the role. And so, what was like an average day for you? Did you have crazy hours, or were like the ticket booths only open like to, up until a certain time? So uh, the ticket booths at Epcot would open. I believe it was two hours, if not an hour and a half before park opening. So it was early hours, but then they close half an hour before the park closes. Um, actually an hour before the park closes, but you would stay 30 minutes later to sort of finish up. So I think I got really lucky. If anything, our hours were super short. We had six hour shifts for the most part, sometimes seven. Um, so there were sort of two main shifts. You would either do an opening shift where you open and then you work until sometime between two and three, or you'd start sometime between two and three and then work until around eight or nine, depending on when the park closed. But for Epcot, it's always nine o'clock. Um, so it was really nice that we didn't have these super long shifts. We had six hours and then we had two small breaks and a lunch break. So the day was really just split up into like little two hour blocks and then you go home. Oh, I mean, that's pretty nice. So I, I assume you had a, a, a pretty decent amount of like leisurely time to like roam and do like visit the parks and stuff like that while you were down there. Yeah, I definitely did. I think like the college program is sort of joked to be the closing program and all my roommates experienced that in that they would always you know they'd start shifts at the magic kingdom at like 7 p.m but they'd work until 4 a.m and i didn't have that so i was always done you know at the latest eight but the majority of the shifts you'd finish between two and three so i could just hop into the park i could hop to another park do anything with the rest of my day and that was really nice yeah that's i mean that's really great i mean i would love to have something like that if i would ever work down there it's just yeah you need to enjoy those parks so exactly yeah cool so like what were i mean while we're on the topic of discussion like when you weren't at work like what were some of the things that you like to do um i think the biggest thing was just do things that i hadn't done before so i was always in the parks um i wasn't one of those people that had a universal studios um annual pass because i just thought if we're given free tickets, free free admission into Disney, there's plenty to do. Um, so I was constantly going to the parks. I was trying new restaurants that I hadn't tried. I would go explore the resorts a lot because that's something I don't think you get to do on like a normal vacation as much. Um, and just take advantage of stuff like that. Obviously, being there during the food and wine festival, I probably spent like three nights a week at Epcot at least just trying different foods oh yeah i mean i would be there probably every night it's um now i'll probably get bored after a while but <laughs> no i'm with it's you it's so there. hard though not to get off work and just go right in to grab the mac and cheese or something like that oh that's true what did you just have like a change of clothes and you went and uh, that was it yeah yeah basically <laughs> nice cool uh so like what was uh, since you ate a lot over there like what was your favorite restaurant uh that you I I don't know if it still is your favorite restaurant but while you were there like what was the one uh, thing that you liked the most I think it would have to be Sanaa at Animal Kingdom Lodge I tried that for the first time while I was working there I went for the bread service obviously I don't know if you've been but you get the like five different non breads and the nine different dipping sauces and it was incredible. So that was definitely one. I got to try Hoop-dee-doo um, while I was there as well. And that was really cool in terms of like a dinner slash theater show. I had a really, really great time doing that. And I got a discount as well. So that was a nice perk. Yeah, I know the Hoop-dee-doo is not cheap. So that's good no. that you got the discount. But yeah, so Sanaa uh, is actually the first uh, actually, no, the second restaurant we're going to be eating at on our trip in November. Uh, oh, awesome. I've, I've never been before. Really excited. Um, 
Get yeah, the bread. I know. I've heard nothing but great things about the bread service. Uh, there's a view out to the Savannah, right? Am I making yeah, that Yeah, okay. there is. We had like a little um, sort of warthog by the window the whole time we ate lunch. So that was pretty cool. Oh, you mean Pumbaa? Yeah, Pumbaa. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. I've heard nothing but great things. And I, I've never seen the Animal Kingdom Lodge. So we're going to kind of walk that's around beautiful. there and, and check it out. That's, yeah, you'll love it. That's what I've heard. I'm, I'm on a wait list for DVC. So I'm hoping we get it. And we'll, we'll see. So uh, I but, hope you do. <laughs> I know. So cool. All right. Sounds good. So, all right. So where are we? Let's get kind of bit, get back to uh, your, your job position as the vacation planner. So were you pretty much in Epcot all the time? Because I know sometimes people pick up shifts and they'll go to different uh, parks. Did you do that at all or no? I didn't. Um, it definitely is an option and you can pick up. It will probably be easiest to pick up at Magic Kingdom because they're the busiest and they have the most people staffed. But because I lived so close to Miami and where my friends were in school, like whenever I got a chunk of time off, I would either try to do that or like my mom and I used one weekend to go on a Disney cruise and like I tried to squeeze things in. So when I was given time off, I wasn't really like eager to go turn around and pick up a shift. Um, so I didn't take advantage of it, but I definitely had friends that went to Animal Kingdom or Hollywood Studios. I think I was also a little nervous to go try a new break room and a new group of people that I didn't know. <laughs> no, that's totally understandable. But I mean, at least you're able to get away and do other things and uh, just work at Disney when you wanted. So it's totally, exactly. It's totally and when fun. you when you do a shift in vacation planning, you sit in a small room with one other person for about two hours. So you do definitely want to be friends with them and have stuff to talk about, which I think was part of the reason that I wasn't super eager to get out there and try a new park because I'd be sitting with someone that I had never met. Okay. All right, neat. Sounds good. So what was like your job role, specifically vacation planner, like what was the your most favorite aspect of that job role? Like what did you enjoy the most? You know, it's funny because I tell people it's really like not the role that you would picture in terms of working at Disney. You don't really interact with kids that, that often because it's mom and dad that are coming to make the, you know, thousand dollar payments you mean for tickets. Ten year olds don't come up to you with like hundred dollar bills and say, give me a ticket. <laughs> They don't do that. Yeah, not usually. They won't never <laughs> go on their magic band magically. Yeah. But yeah, so you don't talk to kids a lot, but you do get to talk to some people that are just really grateful to be there. And, you know, especially when you're able to take a situation where they think they have to buy one ticket a day. And so they've sort of budgeted $600 and you're able to turn around and tell them, no, it's only actually going to cost you three or $400 to go into the parks. You know, stuff like that. People are really grateful. And then the other thing was obviously we were able to make magic in terms of giving out fast passes certain situations so that was great i loved when i could do that because people are just you know over the moon when they get an extra fast pass yeah i was gonna ask like what were some of like magical moments you were created so like what would be some of those instances where you were able to give those fast passes so if you get a fast pass from an attractions cast member they are more or less allowed to just give them out on a whim they they don't really and obviously it's for deserving situations and whatnot but they've got loads of them in their pocket and they're not really cracked. If you get a fast pass from a vacation planner, 99% of the time it's for what we called guest recovery. So if I made a mistake on my computer, if I couldn't find your tickets, if I did something wrong and cost you your time, then we would turn around and be able to give you a fast pass and say, okay, I took up some extra of your time and now I'll give you that time back by, you know, making it easier or something to go on Soren or whatever your choice was for that day. But the nice thing was 
they could choose. So a lot of times I wouldn't necessarily tell the guests what I was about to do, but I would say, oh, what, you know, what's the ride you're most looking forward to going on today? And they would say, oh, we desperately want to go on test track, but we couldn't get fast passes. So we're going to just try and go in right now. And then I could turn around and say, well, you know what, here you go. Um, feel free to go on at any time today. So that was like, obviously something that was really great to do. Nice. So, but I hope you didn't screw up a lot on your job where well, you needed <laughs> to do that, but was it's it- not usually our fault, but sometimes like if guests book through third party ticket vendors, the system makes it kind of difficult to find their tickets. And so, you know, it's nice to have that plan in place in case, in case that happens. No, for sure. That's, that's very true. But at least you were there, you're able to make their day a little bit better. Um, but yeah. like instances where like a, if a guest is doing like a split stay and their tickets kind of get screwed up, is that, is that more of like guest services job or would people go to you as well? For the most part, if it's connected to a resort stay, it would be guest services. Um, I think another thing is like with you mentioning split stays and whatnot with DVC, it, we did not work super close with DVC and, um, my family just joined DVC mm. and I've seen this on Facebook, like people get really frustrated when when things go wrong and their DVC discounts aren't sort of recognized or understood. But there is a huge gap in the cast member world of understanding with DVC. And we're not taught about it a lot and everything's sort of separated. Um, so we did sell the DVC annual passes, but when people came with issues with their resorts and stuff like that, we had to send them over to guest relations or in some instances back to the resort concierge because that was stuff that they sort of had to work on. Now that would make sense. So, all right. Do you, do you, I'm actually kind of curious, like why, why was your position called vacation planner? Like, do you know if there was a specific reason at all? Cause I mean, I guess you're kind of helping the guests out with their vacation with their, uh, with like their tickets and like how many days they are, but like, was there more to than just selling tickets or am I missing something? Yeah. I, when I got the role, I didn't really know too much about it either. So I sort of thought we'd be doing restaurant booking and, you know, experience booking and stuff like that, but we weren't. Um, but it is more than just tickets. If you think about the fact that we have so many different ticket packages that include water parks, that include mini golf, that include different types of annual passes that have a bit of everything in them. So, you know, it is largely just ticket sales, but at the same time, your job is meant to not sit down literally with a guest, but sit down with a guest and talk to them about what they want out of their vacation experience and then try to fit that into some bundle that would work for them. So people that maybe wanted to go um, golfing at some of the Disney golf courses or mini golfing or the water parks or something like that could come to us and we could come up with a little package for them that included the water parks and more option and stuff like that for them. Oh, nice. So I'm kind of curious now, are there any like tips that you can give us to like make sure we get the best package or is it pretty much just like if you're familiar with Disney, uh, what you see is pretty much what you get? Yeah, it's tricky. One of the things that I recommend is not really trusting the people that you speak to on the phone, not taking what they say to heart. I see a lot of people get frustrated over Facebook because they'll call, you know, they think that they spoke to to me who was sitting in a vacation planning booth, but that's not very much not the case. They were calling someone in celebration that's, you know, meant to deal with customer service over the phone and they give them one piece of information. And then when you show up at the parks, you get different quotes or different, you know, different rules and regulations for tickets. So one thing I always say is that if you're unsure about 
your tickets and what you need is go up to the vacation planner specifically and don't take to heart what you hear on the phone because that's not always 100% correct. That's kind of funny you mentioned that because I've heard stories like that before in the past. Like I've, I visit forums and stuff and people talk about how they get a little bit of like misinformation from the yeah. people over the phone. So that's, that's, I, I never wanted to believe it, but I mean, now that you kind of mentioned it, I, I guess that does happen. So, yeah. And I, I don't like to bash the people in celebration. Obviously they work really hard, but they, you know, are sort of overwhelmed with the amount of information they have to know. And obviously things get messed up and they don't actually work face to face with people. So they don't see necessarily the same things and understand the same things that the vacation planners or maybe guest relations would. So I know it's tough with like annual passes and stuff. If you're trying to book fast pass before a trip, that really changes things because you want to have your tickets at the 60 day mark. But sometimes my recommendation is just to buy a couple days of tickets and then go to the the vacation planners and see about upgrading because they'll be able to explain all that to you really nicely. And then you'll have the tickets that you can make fight, uh, fast pass on, but you'll still be able to sort of upgrade to the ticket you want if you wanted an annual pass down the road. That's sort of something I would suggest. Okay. Yeah. I know a lot of people do that where they buy tickets and then upgrade later to like an annual pass. Yeah. It so. doesn't cost you anything besides the difference. So, you know, if you're not sure and you want to get your questions answered, safer that way. Okay. Maybe well maybe I'll do that because uh, I think now I'll have to take your recommendation because right now my next trip I have a five day ticket but I think we're gonna upgrade to like a seven day and then get park hopper as well. So mm. do you think it's easier just doing it while I'm there or at or over the phone? I think doing it while you're there is probably easier. The only thing is, of course, if you wanted to to make the extra two days worth of fast passes, you would need to have those tickets. So you know, oh, call yeah, and that's see what true. you get. But if you're willing to be flexible, it might help you to just do it in person. But, you know, the phone people, they, they do know what they're doing. It's just sometimes things get messed up. Okay. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, let's, uh, let's kind of move on to the topic because uh, I, I want to hear more stories, more stories about the time you're working there. So, like, off the top of your head or maybe you had some prepared for the show, but I want to hear some about, like, your, your favorite stories of when you were working at the park. So what, what stood out to you? Um, so my favorite thing actually was, uh, while working as a vacation greeter. So I was cross-trained. I was a vacation planner, which are the people that would sit in the booths and sell you your tickets. And then vacation greeters, there might be two on any given day, but they actually stand out in the queues and basically just direct people and say, there's a booth open down there. You can head down there or try and filter people out before they get in the queue when they actually don't need to be. So I was working as a vacation greeter. And when I got to do that, I got to bring out an autograph book and a pen so I could ask little princes and princesses on their way into the park for their autographs. And that was like by far one of my favorite things to do because, you know, watching a three-year-old girl dressed up as Belle get called Belle and get asked for her autograph just makes her face completely light up. The amount of moms and dads that would just cry over it and, you know, ask to take our pictures together and stuff. People really loved that. Yeah, uh, that's that's a really neat aspect, and I've I've heard stories like that in the past, and that's awesome. Um, so, w if if like a if like a little boy was dressed up as a pirate, would you ask for his autograph? I would hope so. Yeah, for the most part, anyone that was dressed as anything, and it wasn't even like you know they had to be fully dressed up. Sometimes, if you had on like a little Darth Vader shirt or something like that, it was a cute moment that they'd get excited by, regardless of how dressed up they were. <sighs> and it's funny nice. because some kids like 
you know, my usual spiel if I saw a little girl that was dressed up as Cinderella would be, oh, you know, I was so excited to go into the park today to meet Cinderella, but I had to work and I was so bummed, but I didn't know she was going to be out here and I was going to see her and, you know, they'd get so excited. But sometimes little girls or boys would be like, I'm not Cinderella, you know, I'm, I'm Madison, <laughs> as if I was stupid <laughs> for, for thinking they were Cinderella. So it's funny that the sort of different responses you would get from people. Yeah. Now kids are hilarious, but that's, that's great. You're able to make their day. So yeah, yeah, they definitely loved it. Yeah. So what else, like, what are, what are, what are some other things that you enjoyed while you were working there? Um, I, I really enjoyed talking to people. I think one of the, the nicer things about not working like retail or food service or something was that I got to spend a little bit more time with people. Um, especially when people came up and were just fully confused about what was going on because you got to spend a good amount of time standing there talking to them putting together their package, but you also just get to know them while they're standing at the window. Um, and so I felt like I got more time with guests and got to know them a little bit better than maybe some of the other roles. And I really did love that because you would meet all kinds of different people from all over the world. Um, and you get to hear all these different cool stories about what people are celebrating or why they're in Disney or how like their dream to come to Disney for the one time, like the only time ever came true. So you do get a lot of like good, wholesome interactions like that. Were there any guests that like stood out um, to you? Like where like maybe they came back and said hi again, like you saw them for a second time. Was there any interactions like that? Yeah, I mean, there were some really great people that um, I would actually see while I was working and I'd help them. And then I'd be like in the line for Frozen behind them three hours later when I got off my shift <laughs> and I'd get to talk to them because they might recognize me and be like, didn't you just sell us our tickets? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that was me. But now I'm here playing like you guys. Um, so that was always a good one. And then one of the ones that stood out to me was there was, um, two guys came up to my window and I guess they had heard about the I'm celebrating buttons. So, um, they asked me for the celebrating buttons and I asked what they were celebrating. And so the one guy said, I just got a lip, a kidney transplant. And then the guy who was actually his brother then turned around and looked at me and said, yeah, and I gave him my kidney. So <laughs> they were there to, they were there to celebrate that. And so immediately I wrote them like all kinds of fast pass to go do stuff. And I gave them buttons and like everything we could give them. But I thought that one was really beautiful. Oh, that's so cool. Now I'm glad, yeah. you, I'm glad you were able to hook them up. That's, that's really, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's they neat. deserved it. If you can give someone a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> I know for sure. That's awesome. So um, I'm curious, like, what would you say? I don't know if you mentioned it already, but like, do you have like a favorite memory of working there? Like, it doesn't have to be when you were vac uh, vacation planning, but maybe it was a time you were at the parks. Uh, it could be anything. Like, so like, what was your favorite memory during your time at the Disney College program? I had a couple of like character interactions, actually, that were probably my favorite while I was in the parks as a guest. Um, but my favorite one has got to be when I went to 1900 park fair for dinner with some of my roommates and you know we were obviously in the college program everything we were doing was last minute all the fast passes we made were last minute dining reservations everything so one night we got last minute reservations to the 1900 park fair dinner with cinderella and her family and we were like the, the absolute last people to be seated and the characters were just on fire that night so they were walking around they were super chatty with us and Drizella comes up to our table and she says, um, you know, do any of you girls have an eligible bachelor brother? <laughs> and, you know, my one friend said, yeah, I've got a brother. And she was like, well, call him. 
So next thing you know, we're <laughs> FaceTime with this girl's brother for about 15 minutes as she sits at our table and asks him if he's okay with cats and if he's going to pay all the bills and let her stay at home and, you know, just all the things that Drizella would need in a husband. But she, like, because we were the last people there that night, they were just, like, absolutely willing to spend all the time in the world with us. And I think that was one of the best interactions I've ever had. That's hilarious. That's so cool that they, they did that. Yeah. And the nice part about being part of the college program is that like you got to experience things like that, that you might never do as a guest. You might not go to dinner at 9 PM at the Grand Floridian because that's too late or it conflicts with fireworks or something like that. But for us, it didn't really matter. So we got to have those cool experiences that you might not otherwise seek out. That's actually, it's, that's kind of like a pretty cool vacation tip. Like maybe do those character meals, like have a very late meal and maybe you'll get better interactions like that. I have heard heard good experiences from other people saying, you know, we've been the last seating at Hollywood and Vine. And, you know, it's not guaranteed, obviously, just because I'm saying this, but I've heard situations where people have been the last seating there and then all the characters will come out and let you take a picture with them all together. So it'll be you and your family in the Fab Five, as opposed to having individual pictures with Mickey and Minnie and whatnot. Um, and like I said, it's no guarantee, but I do yeah. hear cool experiences That's pretty like rare that the, get the Fab Five. Oh, sorry, continue. Yeah. No, just if you're if you're the last seating, like you you might get some magic made for you. No, for sure. Yeah, especially the Fab Five because I that's pretty rare to get all of them in one photo at once, right? Because I don't yeah I don't know if that happens at all. No, it's like non-existent. And for you know, I I would see it a lot at different character breakfasts where Minnie might be at one table and Goofy's at the other, and families will say, you know, can I get a picture of them together? But the character attendants are pretty strict about them not being in pictures together. So, you know. 99.999% of the time you won't get that picture but sometimes if you get the right dinner spot you might get that magic oh. well good tip I mean it, again it yeah. won't work all the time so but I, I that's pretty neat if you're willing to eat late so yeah something yeah. to try for yeah I think the latest meal I had I think it was like 9 30 at homecoming I just really wanted to eat at homecoming and that was like the only thing available uh, and again, that was on my last minute trip. So I booked that like that was the one that was actually the one dining reservation that we had. Or sorry, <laughs> we had we had two, but that was like the one of two that we had. So, yeah. And sometimes you just got to take them. For sure. Get on. Yeah. So you said you had a couple of favorite memories. Was that uh, was that the first one or was it was there another one that you had? So that's definitely the best. And then I did have um, a day where I was in Animal Kingdom and I was walking sort of where Yak and Yeti is over the bridge back into what is it called? Discovery Island. And um, like by the tree of life and Baloo was uh, yeah, obviously, so. yeah, Discovery Island, I think. Yeah, that sounds so right. <laughs> I'm, it's late and I'm blanking, but I'm pretty sure. That, yeah, pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. So I was walking across that bridge, sort of exiting Asia and Baloo was coming out for backstage and he was on his way to um, uh, River Country or whatever it's called, where they would meet guests. But he just grabbed my arm and turned me around. So I was no longer walking out of Asia. I was walking into Asia and he walked me all the way to where he was going to meet. We had like a little dance party when we got there. I mean, it was probably like an eighth to a quarter of a mile that we walked together, just hand in hand, him and I. And I loved that. I thought that was like, you know, just a really nice touch. Yeah, no, he didn't have to do that. But that was, uh, I mean, I feel like when characters do that, they interact with the guests like that just randomly, like, out on the sidewalk somewhere that's that's great because that's pretty rare that doesn't again that doesn't happen a lot anymore because 
Characters no. just don't. I mean, again, he was walking to his character spot, but characters just don't kind of linger around the parks as much. For you can anyone can just like go up to them. Um, but that's neat. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a nice thing for them to do, and it, you know, it makes anyone's day if they get that sort of attention. For sure. I mean, hey, that's one of your favorite memories, so that's, yeah. that's great. Uh, but yeah, so we're kind of running, uh, we're almost running out of time, but was there anything that I didn't ask uh, about your Disney College program that you might want to mention? Um, now's your time to, to say that. I will mention that my role, um, compared to sort of my roommate's roles and stuff, I got to sit down and be in air conditioning. So if anyone's <laughs> listening and is interested in applying, I think it's one of the better roles out there because you're not standing in the heat all day long. Um, it was really nice to be able to sit in air conditioning, especially because I have a tattoo on my arm. So I had to wear long sleeves all day long. Um, so it's really nice to not be outside. Oh, no, that's uh, that's definitely a plus being in the AC. Cannot complain there. Uh, I yeah, always and sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it just every role is outside, you know, unless you're maybe seating people in restaurants. But so many of the roles are outside or at least indoors but with maybe with the doors open so it's it's really rare to be able to have a position where you get to sit like that yeah no for sure and I, I i think with your hours as well it allowed you to roam the parks pretty freely do pretty much do whatever you want so i think that's mm -hmm. great so uh cool so after the, like the disney college program did you did you continue working for disney at all or did you like venture out for other opportunities or maybe you plan on maybe going back to disney in, in the future i know you said you're going for your phd but i don't know if there was any disney <laughs> at all after the, the 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 college program yeah i don't know i mean I'd, I'd always love to go back but at the time that i was finishing up i still had a semester left in undergrad and then i knew i wanted to go on and you know do a master's and do a phd so um um, for me, there wasn't really a choice to stay. I know at the time that I was leaving, everybody was sort of in the position of, do we extend our programs? Do we stay and try and go part-time or full-time? Or do we just leave? Um, and all of my roommates and I still had school left to go. So we all left. But um, I do have a couple of good friends that are still working there that extended into full-time and then through that worked their ways into great positions. Um, one of my best friends that I made there has actually sort of worked her way through to guest relations and then she got the keys to the kingdom tour. So she gives those. And then she just got hired as a VIP tour guide and is doing interviews for adventures by Disney. So, you know, I know people that have stayed and have done really amazing things, but it just didn't necessarily work for me. No, no, it makes sense. And, uh, I, I hope your friend gets an adventure with by Disney yeah. tour guide because Me too. yeah, though the tour guides are phenomenal. I, I, we did one in Spain for 2015 and oh wow, yeah, those tour guides, they have it made. I mean, it's, that's pretty awesome. We, we, I was funny. I just had a conversation with my wife the other day. Like, how do you become like an adventures by Disney tour guide? Like, how is it possible? Because <laughs> the one that we had, he was local. Like he was, he was from, Barcelona, but he lived in Switzerland. So it was, I don't know. Okay. How he, I forget how he got the job, but hopefully your friend gets it because that's awesome. But yeah. And I know like they do one in Edinburgh. Um, I actually work at a tourist attraction there now and the adventures by Disney people come to where I work, which is crazy. Cause I'm like, Oh, please let me be one of you. But <laughs> I've, I've considered like, Oh, could I, you know, sort of do this with school as a summer thing. But the only unfortunate thing is that my visa restricts me to only working 20 hours a week. And Adventures by Disney guys obviously do like seven days a week for the tour. 24 hours a day. Yeah. 
yeah so it's out of the question at the moment but if I ever get sort of a more elongated visa with fewer restrictions it's definitely something I would consider applying for oh. especially having worked for the company before oh neat yeah that that'd be awesome yeah try it out but hopefully yeah maybe sometime you'll in the future you'll have Disney uh in in there so do you plan on visiting the parks anytime soon so I've got a trip planned for next May. We we were there in February and we actually bought into DVC while we were there. Yay! Um, yeah, yeah, it's been a long time coming. So we've got our welcome home trip planned for next May. Um, so that's sort of the next big thing. But I might try and get down there for New Year's Eve, but that remains to be seen. Sweet, sounds good. What's your what's your home resort? Uh, we bought into Copper Creek. Oh, in nice. Wilderness Lodge. Perfect. Sounds good. That's awesome. Well, congrats on becoming yeah. DVC, DVC members. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited about it. Cool. So before we get out of here, I want to know uh, what's your favorite Disney parks, like background music? Because I always love to play uh, the, the, the guest's favorite piece of music on the episode as the, the interview plays out. Okay. Well, if you probably couldn't guess, it is definitely the Epcot theme park entrance loop. Um it's the best it's like the soren it's figman it's um they have some of their own like um uh what's it called sort of songs made for them too but it's like soft versions of soren and figman and i love it for sure I'll, we'll make sure to play that it's, a, it's a, definitely <laughs> some of my one. favorite music yeah, they have uh they have the, the the new show coming this fall did you know about that where it's like the the re like the music of like the retro epcot uh, yeah, I can't remember what, the, what it's called, but yeah, it's. I cannot wait for that show. I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm excited, but I'm also kind of sad about Illuminations oh, going. Are you? Yeah, I know it's not everyone's favorite, but because I worked there and I spent so many nights there, I just grew to love it. Yeah, that's true. You heard it pretty much, probably almost every night. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Sounds good. Well, we are gonna get it out of here, but thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great. Definitely, yeah. But before we get out of here, I want to know, is there anything that you want to plug, maybe where people can find you? Yeah, um, if you're looking to find me, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is MadsDoesDisney, so just M-A-D-S, DoesDisney. Excellent, and I'll make sure to link that in the show notes so people can easily find you. So, Awesome, thank but you. No problem. Madison, thank you for coming on the show tonight. I know it was a long day for you, so you're <laughs> you're probably ready to get some sleep after that like eight-hour road trip. Yes, it is definitely bedtime. Okay, well, thank you for being a trooper and coming on the show tonight. It was much appreciated, all right? Awesome, thank you.
right. Well, Madison, thank you once again so much for coming on the show today. It was so much fun listening to all the things you had to share with us. There was, you know what, I just, uh, I, I, I have to just shake my head at some of the things guests do. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, I think it's just hilarious. And But hey, not everyone is as uh, Disney, I guess, uh, like Disney fanatics as we are. Or they don't know the ins and outs. And that's just like a normal thing. And I guess I'm just not used to it. I just, I guess I assume everyone knows what they're doing when they go to Disney. But you really opened my eyes at Madison to to that. And uh, it was great. But thank you again. Uh, I know that it was uh, it was a late night for you uh, for coming in the show. But yeah, it was awesome. So, but if anyone in the future would like to be on an episode of the Excess Press podcast, if you were a former cast member and you want to share your stories of being on the show, Please reach out to me. You can send me an email at matt at excesspresspodcast.com and would love to get you on a future episode. But that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode. It's crazy that we are in the 90s now. We are 10 away from hitting episode 100. And I'm just thinking about it now. Man, I really got to start preparing for that because it's only a few months away. So... Or a couple months? Yeah, probably a couple months away. So I got to get that planned out. But I, I think I have something pretty fun in, in store for you. So I don't want to reveal it just yet. But uh, yeah, man, 10 more until episode 100. So very exciting. But yeah, that is going to wrap it up for this uh, episode. Uh, if you're not subscribing to the podcast already, please do so on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you listen to podcasts. And if you can, please leave a, a, re- a, a review for the show. It'll really help us out. Uh, you can always check us out on at excesspresspodcast.com where you can find the latest episode and episodes and some news over there as well. And if you're not following me on social media, please do so at Excess Press Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, and let's see what else we got. Yeah, and any other inquiries, if you guys have any listener questions at all, shoot me an email over at matt at excesspresspodcast.com. Uh, and also, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but if anyone wants to send us a voice message, please do so. You can send us a voice message uh, just by using one of the apps on your phone, like a voice recorder or the voice memo app. Uh, whether you have Android or iOS, uh, you could do that. So yeah, just shoot us an email with that. We'd we'll love to hear from you guys and put you on a future episode. But all right, thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the Excess Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.